G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Hello, Michael Yusuf here. You know, when Jesus stretched his arms on the cross, he is inviting whomsoever would come to him, confessing and repenting to receive his embrace. Only then will you experience his eternal peace. Will you accept his invitation? To learn more about the one who's ready to accept you wherever you are in life, visit ltw.org slash Jesus. One of the most important lessons in life is that we have to learn day after day after day until the day we die is that God is God and we are not. Now, I know that comes as a disappointment to some of you, (laughs) but that is the lesson that the Lord wants us to learn again and again and again until we come to the point of total surrender. Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Heard on the radio, on the web, podcasts through your mobile devices, and seen on TV each week. When life dishes out situations that we don't think we deserve, grunting and fussing may ensue, maybe even directed toward God. Well, today, the life and times of Jonah. He really fussed and grunted. In fact, he rebelled in such a way that God had to get creative and pull him back into surrender. You're sure to be blessed by Dr. Yusuf's dive into Jonah's life through today's message from the series, Biblical Compassion. Listen with me to today's Leading the Way. Here's Dr. Michael Yusuf. When I finished this message, I turned to my wife and I said, this is going to be a very hard message. She said, well, the whole series of Jonah hasn't been a joy ride. <laughs> I know she has spoken for so many of us, and I know she's spoken for me. Because one thing you can be sure about is the sermon, before I bring you the application, has already been gone through me and been applied in my life before I bring it here. And consequently, it is not something that I declare to you dispassionately. (laughs) My heart and soul had already been integrated with this message. In fact, this particular message, I found myself before God, asking myself the question. The question is posed to me by the Lord and by the Holy Spirit. Have I ever been angry with God for His mercy and grace? (laughs) Ask yourself that question sometime. Because after a thorough examination, you're going to discover, you know, when you have to be honest with God, you can't fake it with God, and you have to come up with some answers that you might not like, as I did. And my answer was no, and yes. (laughs) 
No, I've never been angry with God. At any time when I receive mercy from his hand. For me. (laughs) I have never been angry with God. When I've received mercy from his hand. For my family. I've never been angry with God. For the mercy that we have received. As I pray for you. As we pray for one another. And we see answers to prayer. In fact to the contrary. I have a discipline by which I mark these things down. And I constantly go back to the Lord. And give thanks to the Lord for answered prayer. I give thanks to the Lord for showing mercy. So no. I don't get angry with God for his mercy. So what is that yes? What is that yes all about? Well, the yes is about the times when I get angry with God for having mercy over deceitful politicians who are deceiving this nation. The yes has to do with the times when I get angry with God for so-called church leaders who have deceiving so many people in the congregations about the truth of the gospel. Oh yes, there is a yes. Yes to the times when I became angry with God for having mercy upon people who are torturing and killing Christians around the world. God, why do you bless these people, at least materially anyway? It is very easy for me to pick and choose who should receive the mercy of God and who shouldn't. It is so easy for me to select who is a candidate for God's mercy and who's not. It's very easy. There's one problem. God never asks my opinion. Oh, true, I have volunteered many times. But I want to tell you, I want to tell God who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, as if God doesn't know. I want to tell you that the story of Jonah is really not a story about Jonah, but it is a story about the mercies of God. From beginning to end, that book is about God's compassion. That book is about God's mercy. That book is about God's sovereignty. That book is about God's grace. First, we saw his mercy shown to Jonah himself by being commissioned to go out and preach to the Ninevites. Then we saw God's mercy to Jonah when he rebelled and disobeyed God, and he was thrown into the belly of the great fish. And when he repented, God delivered him. We saw the mercy of God manifested when these pagan sailors repented and turned to Yahweh and cried to him. They were saved. We saw ultimately the greatest of all mercies when the greatest revival in history was shown to the savage people of Nineveh when they repented and turned to the Lord and they were saved. It's a book about mercy from beginning to end. Just as we saw in the last message how God's mercy upon the Ninevites, when they repented, led to the saving of their city. Turn with me, please, if you haven't already in your Bibles. Chapter 4, the book of Jonah. Where do we see Jonah? I mean, he, here in this chapter, we find him after the greatest revival in history. After the greatest transformation of people who were the most wicked people on the face of the earth to worship Yahweh, the living God. We see him in chapter 4, after this incredible spiritual experience, 
not jumping for joy, but singing the blues. Why? Why is Jonah so miserable? Well, for starter, God did not live up to Jonah's expectations. God did not do what Jonah wanted him to do. God let Jonah down by not destroying Nineveh. And Jonah was disappointed. So disappointed, in fact, to the point of death. Jonah was so angry with God to the point of beginning to rationalize his former disobedience. Beginning to rationalize his former rebellion. Well, look at it, verses 2 and 3 of chapter 4. What is he saying? Here's what he's saying, really. He saying, God, I was right all along for not wanting to go to Nineveh. God, I had a feeling that you are going to spare that city. God, I really had a sneaking suspicion that you are going to have mercy on them, and I don't like it. I wanted you to zap them, but you saved them. Have you ever been in a situation where things just did not work out the way you wanted to work out? And the devil comes in and he lets you use that as an excuse for sin, for disobedience, for rebellion, for life of impurity before God, for unfaithfulness to your spouse. Have you ever been there? God, things did not turn out the way I want them to turn out. Please listen carefully. One of the most important lessons in life for those of us who love God. One of the most important lessons in life is that we have to learn day after day after day until the day we die is that God is God and we are not. Now, I know that comes as a disappointment to some of you. (laughs) It comes as a disappointment to me. But that is the lesson that the Lord wants us to learn again and again and again until we come to the point of total surrender. Let me make a confession to you. Those few times, those rare times, in which I'm angry with God regarding His mercy toward His enemies, are very frightening times for me. When I use the scripture to tell God to stop having mercy on the wicked, I am doing three frightening things. Number one, I am identifying with Satan who quoted the scripture to the Lord Jesus Christ in the wilderness in order to get Jesus be tempted to do what Satan wanted Jesus to do. That should be very frightening. And the second thing, It is frightening because it appears that I know more than God. And the third reason why this is frightening to me personally is because I am being blinded to the fact that if it were not for the mercies of God, I would not be right here today. This diabolical way of dealing with God places us above God. 
This diabolical way of dealing with God and His Word places us in a superior position. And I want to tell you that this frightening feeling always leads me to repentance. I know in those rare times when that happens, it takes a split second for me to recognize what I have just done. And I bow my head and I said, oh God, forgive me. I have sinned against you. In my wickedness have criticized you. I have questioned you. Please forgive me. My beloved friends, listen to me very carefully. There's something comical here. It's really comical. Jonah was not only angry with God for having mercy on the Ninevites, but he wanted God to kill him. He was angry enough, he wanted to die. It's comical. I mean, if, if he were there, he just could have drowned himself right there in the belly of the whale. But he cried to the Lord, and the Lord delivered him. Jonah seemed to be so miserable when he should have been so happy. Jonah wanted to die after witnessing with his own eyes one of the greatest miracles of all times, one of the great revivals in history. Why is that? I want to tell you why. Whether you want to know why or not, I'm going to tell you why. Because I want to tell you that Jonah and his problem is the same as many of us who are in the church of Jesus Christ, who are discontented in the midst of abounding blessings. Jonah's problem is the same as many of us who are restless when we've got everything. Jonah's problem is the same as many of us who think that more and different is going to make us happy. Then we get the more and the different and we are more miserable. Why is it? Why discontentment and restlessness in the midst of blessings? Why is that? The answer is this. You have not reconciled your life with the will of God. And that is why, no matter what you get, or how much you have, or where you go, you will always be discontented. When you are not consoling yourself to the will of God in your life, you will never have a real, genuine appreciation for the mercy of God. You will never have a real, genuine appreciation for the grace of God. You can own the world, but inside you're discontented. When you have not reconciled the will of God in your life, you're going to have a memory like a sieve, always forgetting God's mercies, always forgetting God's blessings. And you're looking for the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And you forget all that you've had been given. No matter what God does for you, you're going to forget it so fast. So what is Jonah's solution to the problem? Jonah's solution was quit. Just quit again. Run away again. Build yourself a private retreat and stay there. 
What does that mean? It means that Jonah is declaring his independence from God. That's what he really is doing here. Look at verse 5. You, you want to you know what verse 5 really saying? <laughs> verse 5 is really saying, God, I'm going to sit on the fence. God, I'm going to see how you're going to get yourself out of this trouble all by yourself without my help. <laughs> Here's what Jonah's saying. He's saying, God, I am going to wash my hands. I'm going to resign from the human race. Lord, I'm going to resign from life. I'm going to not help anybody. I'm not going to do anything for anyone. God, I am not going to witness for you anymore. My beloved friends, let me tell you something. It is easy to withdraw from the human race. It's easy to pull out and stay out. It's easy to abandon God's mission and call upon your life. It is easy to become a deserter of God's army. It's easy. So how God deals with Jonah's rotten disposition? Well, he gave him a practical lesson. <laughs> he didn't give him a sermon. He gave him a practical lesson. I think Jonah was not ready for more sermons. He, he just about had enough sermons. <laughs> and he was ready for real practical experience. So out of compassion, God spreads a fast-growing vine over Jonah's little retreat to protect him from the blazing heat of the sun of the desert. Look at verse 6. Because here in verse 6, you're going to find Jonah happy for the first time ever. <laughs> Jonah has not really been happy before. We've not seen him happy. I mean, he was unhappy with God's commissioning him. He was unhappy with the storm that he, he experienced. He was unhappy with being inside the great fish. He was unhappy with the second commissioning. He was unhappy with the repentance of the Ninevites. He was unhappy with God having mercy on the wicked Ninevites after they repented. He just un is an unhappy person. <laughs> For the first time here in verse 6 of chapter 4, he's happy. He's going to be sheltered from the blazing sun. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> this happiness is a short-lived one. It really is. It's not going to last. It's a temporary happiness. But he was happy nonetheless. Well, finally, Jonah is happy. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Why is he happy? Well, finally God is doing something for Jonah. <laughs> come on now. Finally, God has, has come to his senses and taken care of Jonah. Oh, don't call me selfish. <laughs> I just want my piece of the pie. Don't call me selfish. I just want my place in the sun. Having my vine in the sun <laughs> was getting what is due to me. What God owes me. Well, you know, the Lord has a sense of humor. The next day, the vine weathers quickly. Just disappears. As fast as it came off, it took off. <laughs> and this time, Jonah really gets miffed. I mean, really, really wants to die this time. It's for real. <laughs> I want you to go back with me for a second about the root of Jonah's anger with God and the discontentment that I've just talked about. Just for a couple of seconds, I want you to focus on that again.
See, when you have not reconciled yourself to the will of God in your life, your anger will go from bad to worse. And the periods of happiness are going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. What is God teaching Jonah here? Well, look at verses 9, 10, and 11 of Jonah chapter 4. Jonah had become so self-centered that he cared more for his precious little vine than the converting and the saving of 120,000 people plus cattle. I pray to God, I literally would hope to God that no one is hearing me ever get to that situation. But I want you to ask yourself the question that I believe with all my heart that God has left in this book for every one of you. Not one can say that is not for me. Every single person must ask yourself the question. God asks Jonah that question, and with that question, the book concludes. I pray, I beg you before God, you'll never rest tonight until you answer the question. And let me put the question in the modern-day vernacular. Is your love for your garden or your pet greater than your love for the lost people of the world? Is your compassion for the lost who do not know Jesus Christ and have no near neighbor to tell them about Jesus Christ is the same as that compassion that Jesus has for them? This is the question that God asked Jonah. And that is why it was left for the last verse of the book. And there's a reason why this question was never answered in the Bible. Because it is left for every one of us to answer that question to God. Not your spouse, not your pastor, not to your Bible study, to God. The book winds up with a question. I want to let you ponder this question that God had asked Jonah. Do you spend more on your leisure than on world evangelism? Do you value your little luxuries more than the lost people of the world? Do you? Do you care more for your own pampering than for the kingdom of God? Please. Answer the question, not to me, but to God. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Do you have any questions about what it means to live as a Christian? Well, our pastoral team would love to help. Start a conversation guiding you to begin or grow your life in Christ when you visit ltw.org slash Jesus. And if you enjoy listening to Dr. Yusuf on the radio, you may want to consider joining him most Sundays for Leading the Way Live at Apostles. At just past 10.30am Eastern Time, visit ltw.org for a link to join Dr. Yusuf live as he teaches at his home church in Atlanta. 
You may not know it, but Christian musician Mac Powell of Third Day is the artist in residence at the church and often leads the powerful worship time. You will be blessed. Again, it's called Leading the Way Live at Apostles. And I hope you'll make an appointment to join him. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Connect through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of our social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.